Welcome back to Ravens Recap. We got our Packers preview, a big game at home for the Ravens. And joining us, we have Caleb to talk about his Packers. Caleb, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So Caleb, as we ask all guests, how did you get into the Packers? There's several stories that my parents tell me. (laughs) One of which is that as a child, I was a big meat fan and I called the Packers the Meat Packers and then just stuck with them ever since then. Another one is that I had a Packers t-shirt for some reason. Another one is that I was mad at my dad and the Packers were playing the Super, uh, the Steelers and not in the Super Bowl, but it was some other time. And I just stuck with them out of spite. And then I don't remember what the other one was, but I, I, I'm not entirely sure why I've just kind of stuck with them ever since. Hey, well, at least you're not a Steelers fan. So, you know, <laughs> you, you made one of the correct decisions right there. Steelers, Steelers have long been my, my second team because since my dad's a Steelers fan. Kind of love-hate relationship with the Ravens because lots of my friends, because I'm from Maryland, lots of my friends are Ravens fans. So I'm, I always feel like I want to root for the Ravens because my friends are Ravens fans. Caleb was also known for his uh, tears in our Dynasty chat. And, uh, <laughs> he's been showing the, the Ravens a lot of tough love, I would say. But uh, it's understandable. They've been uh, having ups and downs all season long. Clarification, tier lists, not tiers, as in <laughs> sobbing. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. I was going to add the clarification. Thank you, Caleb. <laughs> oh, man. 11 tiers this week for Lamar Jackson injury. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, yeah, it should be an interesting game. Uh, it looked a lot better just a couple days ago when we knew that Lamar Jackson was healthy. Uh, questions there. We talked all about that in the previous episode, but little bit of an interesting matchup obviously AFC versus NFC this isn't two teams that have seen each other too many times uh six all-time meetings so far Packers lead the series four to two not really too many terribly interesting games in this series um I've got some things down here but we're really stretching honestly the thing that's most interesting in my opinion of this series I guess we can talk about some other stuff is just a random game in 2005 both the Packers and the Ravens just had high aspirations for that year. They both shit the bed. Lots of injuries. I think the Ravens finished five and eleven that year, and the Packers four and twelve. But on a random Monday night game just before Christmas, the Ravens apparently this is the largest win in Monday night football history. Beat the Packers forty-eight to three. Todd Heap had a nine-catch, one hundred and ten-yard, two-touchdown game, which got someone into the fantasy their fantasy football championship as a late-night Monday night uh, hammer. <laughs> but for the purposes of this game coming up, what's interesting about it is this game was the first game in which Aaron Rodgers had extended NFL action in his career. Brett Favre was still the starting quarterback at the time, but with the Ravens winning really big, they gave Rodgers pretty much the entire fourth quarter, and the Ravens' defense gave him a very rude awakening to the NFL. Uh, the Ravens are responsible for the first and second lost fumble of Rodgers' career, as well as his first interception. So little bit of a fun tidbit there. However, it should be a much different matchup this Sunday as Rodgers is a very well-established uh, future Hall of Famer and the Ravens secondary is beat up. Yeah, I was not old enough to have remembered that, but I do know that early in his career, Rodgers was, shall we say, less than stellar. Yeah, I know for me, I don't I don't remember uh, too many of these matchups either. The Maybe the 2013 one, I think it was one of those I think that we had circled a little bit. Um, obviously the Ravens coming off the Super Bowl and and the Packers just a couple years before, um, but yeah that was a defensive battle. Uh, it was a 
fairly low scoring game. Uh, they ended up losing that one, nineteen seventeen. But yeah, I it's it's strange if you know the two teams that are you know consistently very good, uh, well run franchises, um, in, in a little bit different ways. Packers are usually known for their uh, Hall of Fame quarterbacks and and having good offenses, and Ravens known for more defense. But yeah, for whatever reason, just you know, kind of not the uh, the marquee matchups that. Uh, you know, that you kind of expect. I'm sure, you know, plenty of people over the years have picked these two teams to play together in the Super Bowl, but, uh, you know, that fortunately they never hit that. And it seems like even when they play together in the regular season, still kind of not the same uh, sort of vibe that people are getting. Yeah, definitely. I think probably start of the season, this game looked a lot better than I think it's going to end up being due to injuries on both teams. Because, like, both these teams fully healthy, absolute juggernauts. It, it would be crazy. I would like these start of the season. These are probably my, my two Super Bowl favorites. Yep. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> agree. And and like I was joking about the ticket prices, they're still kind of reflecting the juggernaut status, even though like we might not get that this game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we uh, start breaking down the offense for the Packers. Obviously, you don't have to look much further than Aaron Rodgers to know what you're getting yourself into. Obviously, Devontae Adams has had several great seasons stringed together here and um, making himself one of the best wide receivers in the game. You got Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, which has slowly become a hot hand, two-headed attack, despite Aaron Jones getting his big contract. A.J. Dillon's been very much in the fold in his second year. I guess with that, what things do you think the Ravens need to look out for when it comes to this offense? Honestly, probably, well, first of all, whoever, whatever poor soul on the Ravens Secondary has to cover Devontae Adams with like what your top three corners are out. Hmm? Something like that. That's that'll be I will. I'm looking forward to that. But uh, I think I probably expect to see less of Jones and Dylan just because of how beat up the Ravens secondary is. But when we do, I would expect to probably see Jones more in the passing game, I think, because Dylan has kind of proven this year that I'd say he's almost better than Jones at just the ground game like as a especially more shorter shorter yard runs just because if he's the the more like brute force back as opposed to jones's elusiveness yeah i could definitely see that the ravens defense has been uh stifling the run for the last couple of matchups and uh it might not be a big swing here for the packers to be able to run the ball against us i think the biggest weapon you guys have is definitely your passing game now outside of Adams I know you guys have had injuries in the wide receiver core what players do you expect to get the most uh, targets outside of Adams uh, probably Lazard uh, and if, if Cobb was healthy I'd say Cobb but unfortunately he's not so I'd say probably Cobb maybe maybe a little bit of uh, Equinemius St. Brown but MBS has kind of been an not super huge factor this year, which it's a little bit of a bummer because wanted him to progress, but it's not like he's made any big goofs like he has last year. He's just kind of there. Yeah, the receiving core for this Packers team really poses an interesting um, matchup for the Ravens because, like you're saying, Devontae Adams is one of the best wide receivers in the league, and he should have plenty of opportunities against his beat-up secondary. But honestly, the rest of the receiving core... I think the Ravens will match up pretty favorably with and and can make it kind of difficult for the Packers to go elsewhere if they are able to find some way to scheme 
Adams out of the game. I'm not saying that the Ravens are, are definitely going to have success there, but I could definitely see a, a path where the Ravens could give Rodgers a little more trouble than we might initially think when we look at that and say, oh, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters are, are out for the Ravens. Yeah, especially if if the Ravens can get a good pass rush going, that uh, could definitely disrupt some things, especially in the early part of the first half. Because like just coming off the Bears, they were able to wreak havoc on our offensive line in the first quarter. And then, well, hopefully one of your uh, defenders can mock the belt within the like first five minutes, and then I can just breathe easy. <laughs> I'll be surprised if the Ravens did that. There's not really the bad blood that the, the Bears and the Packers have, but yeah. <laughs> so I, I think the Ravens <laughs> will be safe there, <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, I think, uh, at least if I'm the Ravens, one of the things that I'm looking at with uh, Devontae Adams is basically just, you know, do you bracket him? Do you put two guys on him pretty much the whole game and then just, you know, uh, basically dare the Packers to be able to try and beat them with all their other players. I mean, you know, even with, you know, guys like Chris Westry and, and just like, you know, being almost the sort of last resort, uh, Kevon Seymour, I guess would be another name to throw out there. Robert Jackson, the new number 17. Uh, he's also another cornerback who could see some action in this game. Even with guys like that, yeah, there's not, some of the other Packers receivers don't scare me too much. So, I would almost want to take that matchup, especially with the Ravens being a physical man team. I might be okay with that. Just put Anthony Averitt and you know maybe Chuck Clark or Devontae all game. Kind of see how that works, and you know see if the Packers are able to exploit other matchups. It's definitely interesting. You know, kind of talking about it more, I feel a little bit better about it than I did maybe going into this. But uh, but yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. I could see it going either way, honestly. But, I mean, if Rodgers is having a, an A game, I mean, all bets are off. He, he can do whatever he needs. I do want to get back to what you were saying about the uh, offensive line. The Bears are having some success there. What is the state of the Packers' offensive line right now? I mean, I do know last year they did have some, some injuries and some difficulty. Is that the case this year, or have they kind of shored that unit up? Last year, I'd say this is – it's very – rough how injured we are this year on offensive line last year i think we had like one of the best in the league and then bakhtiari goes out for the nfc championship and then rogers runs for his life versus Shaq barrett for the whole game um this year we still don't have uh david bakhtiari back our other backup left tackle forgetting his name right now um who can he's played every position on the offensive line but he's he tore his acl See, we have our center, our rookie centers out for a while. I don't know when he's going to be back. Billy Turner just uh, went down in the Bears game, so it's um, looking pretty rough right now. And I'm that's the the big weakness I see as far as the Packers' offense is the O line. I think that's another thing that that Ravens fans can feel some confidence about going into this game. Um, we talked last episode, front seven playing excellent for the Ravens, uh, kind of helping to mitigate the injuries in the secondary a bit. So um, it's good to hear that you guys are a little beat up there. It can give us a little hope that we there is some avenue where we might be able to give some, get some pressure on Rodgers and get him off the passing train a bit. Yeah, and another, another thing I was actually just remembering um, this, because we didn't have um, – what is his, uh, his name? The, the one Packers lineman. I'm for, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. But anyway, um, Robert it, Tanyan. Uh, Jenkins? 
yeah, Elton Jenkins, that was him. He uh, he was out against the Cardinals and or no, it was against the 49ers. And in that game, Robert Tanyan, our tight end, was doing some stellar chip blocking on Nick Bosa. And then Robert Tanyan goes down with a torn ACL against the Cardinals. So that makes it even worse is because he was uh, really helpful in shoring up the offensive line. And that's just another like piece that is gone. Well, the Ravens certainly know uh, what it's like to lose a blocking tight end <laughs> as Nick Boyle uh, has hardly played this season, which has been another thing that has really been a bit of a downer for this Ravens run uh, offense. Speaking of that, moving on to the defense, I'll admit I haven't watched much of the Packers this year at all. Uh, I didn't watch any of the Sunday night football game, probably should have in preparation for this, but uh, I was too tired to even turn it on <laughs> last night. How is this defense right now? What are their strengths and where are the places where uh, they may have had injuries or just you know aren't performing up to expectations? Strengths, I'd say a lot because uh, this is I think this is one of the best Packers defenses in the past like decade or so. It's very refreshing to it's very weird having a defense that's almost better than your offense. And that's without people like Zadarius Smith or Jair, Jair Alexander. So I think the the strong point though is really the secondary because we've had um rookie Eric Stokes come in and do fantastic. He's only had a couple of small rookie mistakes, but overall he's been very solid. That uh, Rasul Douglas has had back-to-back games with pick sixes, so he's going to be amazing. And then for once, our linebacking core also isn't complete garbage. Like we have Devondre Campbell, who's been playing out of his mind this year for essentially a, a veteran minimum, and he's like our defensive MVP at the moment. I think. Yeah, it's interesting. Certainly, uh, certainly on paper, one of the things that we have been talking about with the Ravens of trying to use more 11 personnel and trying to get more wide receivers on the field, just because that's kind of the strength of this offense right now is, you know, just the receiving core that we have. But in terms of matchups, it's a little bit difficult. I, I I don't love the matchup, at least with the Ravens offense here, because you guys are so strong in the secondary. It seems like, you know, yeah, every week there's, you know, a big play that's been made interception, forced fumble or something from these guys. And just, you know, I think the other wild card is just going to be, we don't know if Lamar Jackson is going to play. Is it going to be Huntley? How is he going to fare against this? It's certainly one of those things, like if the Ravens can take care of the ball and, and, and not make too many mistakes that way, I wouldn't feel so bad, but this is somewhat of an opportunistic defense and their strength is the pass. And so that also kind of plays in their favor. Yeah. And I would, agree with that and i think the packers defense's biggest weakness right now is against mobile qbs so uh that'll bring off the alarm bells against a team like the ravens with best mobile qb in the league so because last just the other day we were having so much trouble with justin fields and that terrible offensive line uh and i don't think we got a single sack in that game we had like one strip sack and that was it but the issues that are created by having if Lamar Jackson does play, that'll be very concerning if he can just like say no to a sack and just gain seven yards instead. Well, good news for you guys. Lamar Jackson might not play, which means you would have to face, oh wait, another really mobile quarterback, in, uh, Tyler Huntley. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> a oh, scary, man. but still scary. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we were really talking up Tyler Huntley in the previous episode, and and honestly, he did show a lot of of good signs against the Browns. Uh, but again, we're talking about how this is a matchup that only happens once every four years. If the Ravens have to go with Tyler Huntley, they still have a shot. But it would really be great to see Lamar Jackson, a healthy Lamar Jackson at that, be able to go in this game and see him duel with Aaron Rodgers, especially because this might be the only shot in Jackson's career to face Rodgers, assuming that uh, this isn't a Super Bowl preview, which I'm not. We're not ready to, to, to nail, put a nail in the coffin on the Ravens season yet here. We, are still, we still have a sliver of hope, but whichever quarterback does go under center for the Ravens, um, at least from a rushing perspective, should give the Packers defense uh, a lot of fits. Yeah, it, and you bring up the now Lamar Jackson might never play Aaron Rodgers, and that's been another thing with the Packers season is the QB matchups. Uh, like the like, we never we didn't get the Rodgers v Mahomes matchup like we were hoping, and Rodgers still has yet to play against Mahomes, and that's mm. uh, disappointing. And like. Obviously, like when Lamar Jackson got first hurt, I was like, dang, I'm not going to get that lineup. And then like as I'm thinking about it, like, that might be good because elusive quarterback, that's that's not good. So <laughs> I, I'm, it's like I'm torn. <laughs> that's an interesting way to look at it. I wouldn't be that torn if I was in your position. <laughs> I'd be like, no, Lamar Jackson's great. Oh man! <laughs> but I, no, I, I, think, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Well, there's saying. A, there's an argument for your team. You know, you want to see how good your team is against the the best players. So I mean, kind of yeah, kind of cheapens the win a bit if you know, say the Ravens do have to throw Huntley out there and you guys still win, but you're just kind of like, oh, but you still have won against if Lamar started. So yeah, I can I can see that yeah. argument. My my main my main reason I'm totally happy that Lamar that, that I would be totally happy if Lamar is not playing is because there's no doubt left in my mind that the Packers are good. Like last year there were, I mean, even then we were, I, I thought we were still good, but there were people saying, Oh, the Packers are frauds. They're like such and such record against over 500 teams. And they have a soft schedule. And like this year with all the injuries and like, we've swept the NFC West. We've uh, almost, we are, we've half swept the AFC North and it's I uh, like it's very the Packers are very battle tested. So I don't think the Packers have anything left to prove. And it's just about getting the path of least resistance to the Super Bowl at this point. Another interesting matchup to look at in this game. Guy who's really been an X factor this year for for the Ravens is uh, tight end Mark Andrews. Obviously, everyone's uh, stats are going to be inflated this year with the extra game, but he already has a career high in receptions and yards this season with 75 and 926 uh, respectively. And just this, this entire season, he's just been incredible. Uh, with the exception of the first game of the season, has had at least 44 receiving yards in every game, at least four receptions in every game except for week one and the, and the loss to Cincinnati. And we just saw him put up another excellent performance and really helping this pass offense when Lamar Jackson went down against Cleveland. Uh, how has the Green Bay Packers defense fared this year so far against a tight end position? It- Hmm. I think pretty good. Uh, I know Tyler Higby had like nothing against us a few weeks ago, but other than that, George Kittle, George Kittle kind of uh, did what he wanted in, um, in week five, I believe it was. But um, other than that, I don't think there were any super notable tight ends that we played. I don't remember. Yeah. It definitely feels like a matchup where the Ravens are going to have to lean on, Andrews and 
hope that he can produce an MVP, uh, you know, all pro level to kind of uh, make up for the fact that we're not seeing the offensive line play and maybe not having Lamar Jackson to uh, help out the offense. One other matchup I wanted to talk about was the uh, your run defense when it comes to our running game, which is very, if the run defense allows it, we will take it. But otherwise, it's it hasn't been very explosive. I guess, what do you think about your run defense so far? It's definitely improved from last year for sure. The run defense is like, I think it's stout. Not, not uh, obviously not an ultra strength, but I definitely think it's, we're not going to be single-handedly beat by the run like we have been last year and the year before. The Packers defense kind of it forces uh, opponents to be more balanced in their attack. I guess the one other area to uh, to discuss before going into our game predictions and bowl predictions would have to be, in the event that this game uh, could be close, and it's a possibility like everything that we've said, both teams you know, have some major injuries, which can, can make the game a little unpredictable. If this game comes down to special teams, I'd have to imagine that's a a scenario that as a Packers fan you'd be a little nervous about because the Ravens have one of the best special teams units in the league. And how was it that you described the the Packers special teams uh, before the episode? What what was your recommendation? Like I, I said, we should we should hire Elon Musk and have them launch our special teams <laughs> unit into the sun. Also, fire our special teams coordinator yesterday. But he gets spared the sun, right? and then like launch him into another galaxy. Okay. Yeah. Cause like, I, I don't know if you said you weren't following the Packers bears game super closely. We had uh, the longest, we had the first punt return for TD, a 97 yard punt re- return by the bears. We had a muffed punt that was returned for a touchdown that got called back because there was a bear out of bounds, which was a ticky tacky call. So we got saved by the no fun league there. The bears recovered an onside kick and returned it for a touchdown. And that was called back because if you recover an onside kick, it's dead ball there. So the no fun league strikes again. And then we had a kick. Uh, Mason Crosby kicked something out of bounds. So the Bears start on their own 40. And on top of that, the Bears just had like constant starting between the 30 and the 40 all game. So it was pretty abysmal uh, yesterday. Oh, my God. That reminds me. We didn't talk about it last episode, but I was livid from the rule that if you step out of bounds and then touch a kickoff, it's a 40 yard. It's a penalty and you get 40 yards. I was livid at that call and the Ravens. Oh, yeah. I I didn't understand the the logic of that rule. It's it's a rule. It's been around forever. I'm sure Caleb knows because uh, Packers do it a lot. Cobb Cobb was the guy who did it all the time. It's okay. Okay. And like, yeah, it's a combination of two rules. Right. So one of them is that if uh, if you are out of bounds and you touch the ball, it's an extension of you. And so therefore the ball is out of bounds. And then there's mm-hmm. the other one. If the kicker uh, on a kickoff has the ball out of bounds, then that's a penalty. So you like combine the two and that's how you get this penalty sucks. I like Harbaugh needs to send it to the rules committee. I wish somebody would have asked him about it in this presser because that is BS. It's like, I've never, I don't know. It's like one of the only like few rules in the rule book that, penalizes a kicker for doing his job which is like dropping it in the corner of the end zone like in not in not in the uh the end zone but like before the end zone like dropping it in that corner if you can drop it in there like that's a great like you know but if if you're too close then it's it's a huge like negative yeah it's i don't know if it's intended to function like that but i obviously i'm biased because packers have had some pretty cool moments with it but i i think it's it's fine 
it kind of like adds a little more strategy to um, to kick returning. And Packers need all the help they can get there. So if if a kick goes close to out of bounds today, which I don't think so, you have Justin Tucker going to like do the uprights every time. So if they can like get one drive starting in the 40, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, it does go both ways. I'm sure, you know, the Ravens have benefited from it at some point as well. But yeah, gosh, I, yeah. When you brought it up and talked about that, that, that was uh, quite a list of special teams gaffes from, from last game. But uh, but yeah, that reminded me of uh, the call on the, the Cleveland game last week. All right. Well, Caleb, I don't know if you've listened to any of our episodes before. I would imagine the answer is no, since we never talk about the Packers. But uh, <laughs> what we do at the end of, of every game preview episode is we all go around and we give a, uh, a bold prediction of you know something unexpected we think would happen in the game. And then a score prediction to go along with that. Uh, as you are the guest, we always give the guest the option of going first, but you do not have to take that option if you do not choose to. Uh, sure, I can. I got something. Other outside of score, my bold prediction would be Rasul Douglas gets a third pick six in a row, or a third game with a pick six in a row. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I just, that would be very, very cool if it happens. And past two times he's done it, it's been the same exact. Uh, cheating on the route and he's been the the from the offense's perspective left corner and uh, just cut in front of the receiver snag the ball and go for a touchdown so that would be uh, I, I'll say my like official bold prediction even though it's unlikely as Rasul Douglas gets another pick six wow yeah that'd be, that'd be nuts hopefully not <laughs> <laughs> what's your uh, score prediction Score prediction, let's see. If Lamar Jackson is playing, 35-30 Packers. If Lamar Jackson is not playing, 35-21 or or 35-17 Packers. So Caleb's calling for the over. Um, Right now the over-under is 43.5 points with the Packers a five-point favorite despite being on the road. So very interesting. Obviously, I think... uh, the expectation in Vegas is that Lamar does not play. Yeah, it's going to be something the Ravens fans are we're going to be watching with bated breath this whole week. I guess I'll go next. I do think, as from what we've been saying so far of Huntley, I think the Ravens have a shot, whichever quarterback goes under center. And I'm going to say something as a bold prediction that, that wouldn't seem like a bold prediction, but believe it or not, the past five weeks, every game, the Ravens have only had one scoring play from the quarterback position. So my bold prediction is they're going to have at least two. <laughs> like a uh, QB rushing touchdown or? Passing or rushing, I, I don't care. Passing but, or. But oh, wow. You look back past five weeks, whether it was Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley, just one score to the quarterback. Huh. Ravens offense has been a little bit of a, of a rut in that sense. I think this is going to be an interesting game. Obviously, all of us Ravens fans, we were really deflated when Lamar went down. Huntley came in and gave this team some life. The defense blanked the Browns in the second half of that game. This game was in Lambeau. I would be, I, I don't know if the Ravens win it, but it's at home. The M&T Bank is, it sounds like it's going to be packed uh, with a lot of fans being rowdy. I think the Ravens can pull this one off 23 to 20, uh, but it'll be a tough one if they do are able to do that. Okay, I'll follow up there. I think for me, I'm, I'm still a little bit unsure if the Ravens can pull out this game. I, I really, 
optimistically, I hope that Huntley can come and replicate what he did against the Browns last week. I think if he can do that, there's definitely a shot to win this thing. I do feel confident in the Ravens' defense to mostly hold you know Rodgers down. I, I I don't know what that means in terms of number of points yet, but you know I wouldn't expect him to throw for you know three four touchdowns or something. Uh, even against this depleted secondary, I think they've they played too well. It's just overall uh, as a defense. But I am going to say, I hate to do this, but I'm going to pick against the Ravens this week. I think that they're going to, I think that they're going to lose 27-24. My bold prediction, uh, <laughs> Caleb probably doesn't like to hear this, but my bold prediction is that Devin Duvernay is going to have either a kick return or a punt return this game for a touchdown. That that seems likely. <laughs> Well, he hasn't had any this year. I don't think the Bears had either, so <laughs> that, that that would not surprise me. <laughs> Last week, my bold prediction was Lamar Jackson would throw no picks. Uh, he was four for four, so nailed it. Uh, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> by technicality, <laughs> yes. Exactly how cheap. I threw it up. Exactly how cheap. I threw it up. <laughs> no, Meanwhile, I, meanwhile, me over here, five weeks in a row with Bateman getting a touchdown and then get a call back on that st- Stupid down at the one. Yeah. Unbelievable. Bogus. bogus. The refs were very bad in that game. And that was just uh, another example of it. So for my bold prediction, I'm going to say that um, to riff kind of off of Peters, I'm going to say that we limit Rogers to one passing touchdown. With that being said, I think the defense is able to hold strong and limit the uh, Packers from scoring too, too much. Uh, again, you know, the over-under is pretty low. I think that makes a lot of sense. And Packers are five. I'm going to say the Ravens cover. I'm going to go ahead and say Packers win, though, 21-17. to 17. This is a great schemas so that they lose. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, Caleb, you can't see this, but in our score prediction sheet here, so we've at least one of us has picked against the Ravens twice this season. I picked against the Ravens week two against Kansas City. They won that game. Peter picked against the Ravens to lose to the Chargers in week six. We also won that game. <laughs> we have picked the Ravens every week since. Now, don't read into whether we actually won or not there, but two for two, if one of us picks against the Ravens, they pull out a win. So maybe it's now, two for three. If two of you picking against the Ravens, what does that mean? <laughs> and then it's keep a lock. Up the air. It's a lock. <laughs> Not enough data. <laughs> I think everything's up in the air. Peter said it's a lock. I hope Peter's right. <laughs> well, Caleb, thank you so much for joining us on this show, giving us some more insights about the Packers. I uh, definitely appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. It's been a blast. For sure. And you can definitely find us on Ravens underscore recap on Twitter. We love to tweet out our weekly polls and uh, other commentary around the league and the Ravens universe. You can also email us, feedback at ravensrecap.com, if you have any uh, longer messages that don't fit into a tweet. We'll be hoping that the Ravens are able to win in this flexed game, game of the week, I believe, for all the nation to see. And we'll be back next week to discuss what happens and how the team will move forward. Go Ravens!